0: Hi, it's Amy Newmark, and I want to wish you a Happy New Year. If you're looking for some inspiration to go along with your New Year's resolutions, we've got it with three of my favorite episodes about the power of positive thinking. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some new favorites for you from our latest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Inspiration for Teachers. It's amazing to me how many of the stories in this book contain life lessons that transcend the classroom. Today, I want to share two stories that drive home the message that you really need to hold back and wait before you jump to conclusions especially negative ones. The first story is by a teacher in Hawaii named Sandy Camelli. She was teaching in a school with a lot of lower-income students. So in December one year, she had her class adopt a 13-year-old boy to support him with some gifts at Christmas time. No one knew who he was. He was just someone in the community who had been identified as needing help. The class made him handmade gifts and also raised enough money to buy him a new pair of sneakers. One day after school, Sandy took some volunteers from the class to a local sporting goods store to buy the sneakers. One of her students, Terrence, proved very knowledgeable about the Adidas and Nikes they were deciding between. They ended up buying a pair of shoes with bright green neon laces, which some of the kids thought were too bright. But Terence said the laces didn't matter. What mattered was the shoe itself. When school resumed in January, Terence asked Sandy if he could borrow a Sharpie. Due to graffiti on campus, though, Sharpies were considered contraband. So she asked him what he needed it for. He didn't want to answer, so he just said, never mind, I can use a regular one, and walked away. And then another day, Terence asked her if he could borrow a regular black marker to take home. Sandy let him because she figured his family didn't have a black marker at home. But she wondered, what is he doing with it? And as he headed out, she thought she caught a glimpse of a long neon green string in his bag. And it was the same color as the laces on the shoes they had given to their anonymous adoptee for Christmas. So now she wondered, was it Terrence who had received the shoes? Was he using pens to alter the appearance of the laces so he wouldn't be found out if he wore the shoes to school? Sandy was in a store soon thereafter, and she decided she would pick up a pair of black and white striped laces for Terence, just in case that would help him out. When she gave them to him in school, he just silently accepted them. He said nothing. And she made a note to look at his shoes the next day, but he was still wearing his normal old Converse's. Then, in late January, a new student enrolled at the school, and Terence volunteered to be his buddy to show him around. When Sandy met the new boy, she looked down at his sneakers. And what did she see but a new pair of Nikes that looked just like the ones they had given their anonymous adoptee at Christmas, except that these sneakers had black-and-white striped laces. And the light bulb finally went on for her, Terrence wasn't trying to save face for himself, but for a friend. And later, Sandy learned that the new student's father had been unemployed, but had recently moved the family to their town to get a new job, and Terrence attended the same church as this family, and he knew the boy, and he knew he would be coming to school with those new sneakers. Neither Terrence nor Sandy ever said a word to each other about the laces, but they both knew that they knew. And then on the last day of school, what did Sandy get as an anonymous gift? A keychain braided from a pair of neon green shoelaces. (music) Carrie Malinowski tells us another story about jumping to conclusions. She taught first grade in a low-budget charter school that was quickly becoming known in their town for accepting unruly students, often the ones who had been kicked out of another school for behavior problems. Teachers were given no choice, and now Carrie was being assigned a student named Victor, who came from a really tough family. His parents never cooperated with teachers, and his older siblings were all behavior problems. Carrie dreaded getting this kid Victor in her class. And by the way, it wasn't because she already knew he was going to come to school with no backpack, no lunch, filthy clothes, and not quite potty trained. She didn't care about those things. It was the bad behavior that she dreaded. But Victor wasn't like his siblings. It was clear from the first day that he wanted to read books, not throw them. He didn't yell. He didn't break crayons on purpose. In fact, he paid attention and he practiced his reading. Carrie loved this kid. She looked forward to having him in class each day. He was a real gentleman. He was not only a nice kid, but he was also funny. And he got better and better at reading and at writing his letters. Then disaster struck. Because all of his siblings kept getting in trouble, Victor's mother decided to move them all to another school. And so Victor just disappeared one day, and Carrie never saw him again. She couldn't stop thinking about him for the rest of the school year. She was so sad to lose him, and she kept thinking about how much he would have enjoyed what they were doing in class. And then at the end of the school year, a teacher she had never met came up to Carrie and handed her an envelope. It was a letter from Victor. Dear Mrs. M, I can write now. My favorite color is green. I miss you. Love, Victor. Carrie felt so much better. The thought that Victor's new teacher understood that she would need a note from him showed that his new teacher knew that Carrie must have loved him too. And then she thought, funny, he was the child I hadn't wanted in my class. I'm Amy Newmark. Thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast, and please share it with your friends and family. Also, show them how to listen to podcasts and how to subscribe. I recently read that fewer than 20% of Americans have ever listened to a podcast, and they have no idea how easy it is. You can also follow me on Twitter to find out what's going on at Chicken Soup for the Soul and to get a link to each new podcast as it's posted. Come back next time to meet Andrew Kaufman, a very successful author who actually got his start as a Chicken Soup for the Soul contributor. It was getting published in a Chicken Soup for the Soul book, that made him think he could actually change careers and be a novelist, and a very successful one he is, despite more than one serious illness. We'll talk to Andrew about becoming an author and how he did that, especially in light of the health crises he has to power through. I think you'll be very inspired after you hear from him.